Welcome you to this Friday edition of the On the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Russell from Locked On Redskins as we wrap up and continue our ultimate NFC East crossover series. This has been a fun week full of chock full of information about the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, and of course the Washington Redskins. And we wrap it up as we're rejoined by my colleagues, co-hosts, and pals. Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys, Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, and Patricia Trana of Locked On Giants. Uh, and, guys, we welcome you back, one and all. And as we wrap this thing up, we wanted to kind of finish by looking big picture uh, at the NFC East, NFC least, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I'll start with Patricia, and then we'll make our way around the horn here. Uh, as we kind of look forward to this 2020 season, and granted, we, we don't have free agency and we don't have the draft just yet, so – of course, a lot of this is going to change. But, Patricia, if I asked you right now, who is in the best position in your mind to win the NFC East divisional title, it would be who and why? Oh, gosh, I'm going to get slammed for this, but I'm going to say the Eagles. Yeah, I know. I'm going to, I, I should turn in my, my membership card here. <laughs> but I'm going to say the Eagles because of the stability of the coaching. Um, they're a little bit more proven. They have a, the older or the oldest quarterback in terms of, you know, of the experience and whatnot, they still have some holes. I mean, the secondary needs to be upgraded, obviously, you know, they could probably use another receiver um, and, and some help on, on the back end of their defense. But uh, I just think overall, because there's been so much change at the coaching level, you got three new coaching staffs, you know, at the Giants at, at Washington at Dallas. So I, I got to go with the Eagles until, you know, further notice. Yeah, and I agree. And I think it, though, at the same time, it will be a fight down the stretch with the Dallas Cowboys, as long as, you know, it's the same core where Dak Prescott's back, maybe Amari Cooper and or Byron Jones with Mike McCarthy. I think the Eagles and Cowboys will still be fighting at the end of this thing. And don't get me wrong, I think the Giants will be more competitive as well, but I think it's still the Eagles and Cowboys division to fight over. And I really like, obviously, I host Locked on Eagles, so I'm a little bit biased, but when you just look at all the adversity this team has overcome over the last three years to make the playoffs three years straight, and now you have seven draft picks likely in the first four rounds to get some youth infused into this roster with the stability of general manager, head coach, quarterback, probably the most three important parts of an organization. I, I think they have the slight upper hand over Dallas. Am I allowed to stick up for my team a little bit? I think the Cowboys have a great chance of, of winning this division <laughs> next year because, listen, one of the things that we know in today's NFL is that defensive uh, production is not necessarily sustainable. What is sustainable right. is what you can do on offense. The Cowboys were one of the league's best offenses this year, despite injuries all across their offensive line. Uh, they have a young quarterback in Dak Prescott. They're going to bring back Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup uh, turned into an 1,100-yard receiver despite missing time. Uh, I, I really think with the upgrade from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy, keeping Kellen Moore on as the offensive coordinator, I think this has a chance to be one of the best offenses in the league. And if they can repeat that success on offense, I see that there's no reason why they can't win 9, 10, 11 games next season. 
Yeah, and, and I'll just chime in here, and uh, I'll I'll say the Redskins. No, I'm only teasing. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just joking. I, I'm going to actually stay with Marcus. Um, you know, and I, look, I I understand there's some question, and and Marcus just kind of went over uh, all of it with some of the guys that they have out there, and, and starts with the quarterback, right? I mean, if they do something weird and 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 they tra- you know put a franchise tag. On, on Dak Prescott and then trade him and bring in Tom Brady or bring in Philip Rivers, maybe I'll think differently. But I do think bringing in McCarthy and bringing in his staff and having the good talent base, the good offensive line, and this is provided that everybody for the most part is reasonably healthy. But if you have Prescott and if you have Ezekiel Elliott and if you have Amari Cooper and who knows what they're going to do with tight end uh, because Jace Winton's, you know, 390 years old and maybe he wants to go to Thursday night football. I don't know. And go to New York. Pieces, Please go to New York. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you, you know, you have the pieces on defense, right? We know up front they're pretty good still. Uh, there's certainly some question, as there are with all of these teams on the back end. I just think Dallas is going to be, I don't want to say motivated to show Jason Garrett wrong, but I think motivated to say, you know what? We, you know, we kicked the bucket last year. It was, we got a good guy fired, right? He may not have been a great coach. We got a good guy fired. And now is our chance at redemption. And you saw what Matt LaFleur did with that Green Bay Packer team. You see uh, these turnarounds quickly in the NFL. And, again, I always like a team that has a lot of talent that then brings in a new coach because they underachieved to be that team to take the next logical step up. So I'm going to go – with the Dallas Cowboys. No, that's a good point that? too, because even the Eagles themselves, I mean, you look at Chip Kelly kind of took over a, yeah. a, a win now roster and got 10 and six, two years straight and Doug Peterson, almost the same thing. I mean, the Eagles weren't that far off. They had a lot of bad contracts that Chip Kelly gave out, but Doug Peterson took over for a similar situation. So I, I Chris, I think that logic is sound for sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out, right? I mean, I go all the way back to 2010, you know, when Mike Shanahan took over the Redskins two-time Super Bowl champ, you know, they were a six-win team in year one because they made a couple of disastrous deals and things kind of backfired with Donovan McNabb and, and so on and so forth. So sometimes it doesn't always work out. But again, I would also say the difference between the rosters is what I what I'm I guess I'm pointing to because I'm more of an you know a Jimmy and Joe versus an X and O type of guy, but I realize the X's and O's and just kind of the culture change or the motivational type things can spin some things around. All right, guys, let's get to this as we continue along on this you know Friday edition of the Ultimate NFC East crossover, um, and we kind of spin you a big picture around the NFC East. What concerns? Uh, you guys the most about the different opponents in the division. Why don't we start with uh, Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, uh, and then we'll go to Marcus, and then we'll finish up with Patricia. So about the opponents in the division or with the schedule next year? Yeah, about the opponents in the division. Like, like what what would you say is, you know, something that, that jumps out at you and you say, um, you know, good or bad, I guess. I mean, good right. – from you know, good from a it, it would hurt your team, <laughs> the Eagles. Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. You know, maybe bad a, a weakness, if you will, that that the team has that's bad for them. Yeah, look, the Eagles need secondary help. Everybody knows that they've needed secondary help since probably Asante Samuel left in 2010. So it's been a decade of this. So I don't 
plan on them. Like I, I, I hope that they can bring in young guys in the draft and maybe free agency to fix this position, but I'm going to assume they don't. And that will still scare me against a lot of these teams because the Giants have a lot of athleticism at wide receiver. Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, the Redskins, Terry McLaurin just destroyed this defense twice last year. You'll get the Dallas Cowboys too with Amari Cooper and um, you know, Randall Cobb's a free agent, but Michael Gallup as well. Like all three teams have a lot of explosiveness at wide receiver. And that concerns me because if the Eagles cannot fix the cornerback position, regardless of how bad these teams are, and regardless of, you know, you look at how bad Dwayne Haskins was to start, he can go into Philadelphia and say, I'm just going to give Terry McLaurin a chance. And odds are, as long as the quarterback is willing to push this secondary, they're going to score points. So that's something that I'm still concerned with that. If the Eagles can't get it right at that position, cornerback specifically, that the division matchups are still going to be as close as they were last year. Marcus, what what concerns you the most about, uh, I guess, the Cowboys and uh, as as we kind of look forward, you know, on 2020. Yeah, I think one of the things that's a little discouraging is how good everybody's defensive line seems to be lately with, you know, inside the division. Uh, Washington, we think they are probably going to draft Chase Young, uh, and they might just have the deepest pass rush in the entire league. Obviously, Philadelphia has, you know, outstanding rushers, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, and then the Giants – uh, you know, they've invested a lot of resources into their interior defensive line. We'll see what they do on the edges. But uh, for, you know, the last five or six years, the Cowboys' biggest strength was their offensive line against everybody else in the division. Well, with their offensive line getting older and starting to break down a little bit more over the last couple of years, uh, it's a little concerning with how with just how good the rest of the division is across the defensive line. And Patricia? I'm going to go with the Giants' pass rush, and I'm going to include the back end because obviously the front end and the back end have to work together. The Giants have been hoping for Lorenzo Carter to step up. You know, last year in his second year, didn't really have the impact they were hoping for. They added O'Shane Zimenez. Now, he showed some progress, definitely. Uh, They have to make a decision on Marcus Golden. Are they going to bring him back, or are they going to maybe look to get a a guy like Isaiah Simmons in the draft? Or maybe they're going to sign somebody. We don't know. So I think between the guys on the edges and then you have the back end of that defense, you know, can those young cornerbacks hold their coverage to allow the front guys to do what they need to do. And I, and the pass rush was a problem for the Giants last year, and I, I'm just very, very interested to see how that shapes up moving forward. Yeah, and I'll just add, you know, for the Washington Redskins, I, I'm, you know, most intrigued, concerned, uh, alarmed, you know, by what this new coaching staff already thinks um, – of Dwayne Haskins before they even take to the practice field. Uh, There are certainly some strong indications and some rumblings um, that this new coaching staff knows that there are some maturity issues, as we discussed earlier this week, that this coaching staff already knows that he did not work very hard, that that's the book on him. And I know in talking to people inside the building and outside the building, you know, there are plenty of people, remember, that are still here, even though some of them got blown out, i.e. Jay Gruden and others, that did not want Dwayne Haskins here. And some of those people are in positions of power. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say it like that. Um, and and I, I really wonder, are we going to have a situation here where the Redskins are going to sign a veteran quarterback in free agency because they don't know enough about Alex Smith 
and his leg to be able to count on him, yet they're stuck paying him $21 million under the cap, or do they draft another kid higher than we thought because, well, you know, the new coaching staff and they're not beholden to Dwayne. I think it's going to be a fascinating watch uh, inside and outside before the season and, of course, if we even make it to the season, um, you know, on what they do ultimately with Dwayne Haskins. All right, guys, let's take a quick time out here, and we'll come back and we'll finish up more on this uh, ultimate NFC East crossover as we kind of look big picture at the NFC East right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Good to have you with us. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, uh, so I guess uh, we'll just bang this out. We're a little bit long on time in that first segment, so I guess we'll go a little bit shorter and we'll do I, – I asked the question wrong. I'm sorry, guys. I, I totally no, screwed good. up. So no, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do what do we love most about our respective teams. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and maybe a finishing thought, and, and that's yep. it, okay? Yep. All right, <clears throat> three, two, and one. And we wrap up this special edition of the Ultimate NFC East Crossover. I'm Chris Russell from Locked on Redskins. Once again, rejoined by Patricia Trana of Locked on Giants, Marcus Mosher, Locked on Cowboys, and Louis DiBiase of Locked on Eagles. All right, guys, we take it home uh, like this. We talked about some of our concerns and fears. Give me one thing, one big picture thing that we love about the respective teams that we cover. We'll start ladies first. Patricia Trana of Locked on Giants. Wow. I, I'm going to say I like the offense. I like the skill position players. Saquon Barkley, I think they're finally going to get him out in space. They're going to finally take better advantage of his skill set. And I think they're going to try and maybe even build that offense around him. And uh, I'm very anxious to see what they do with him. I like, you know, Darius Slayton. He came on strong. They need to still add a little bit more speed at that receiver position. But, you know, I think the, the uh, trio of Slayton and uh, Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, I like that. If Evan Ingram can stay healthy, I think Daniel Jones is going to have some really, really good weapons to work with. And uh, I even think that the offensive line, you know, even though it still needs a couple of pieces left, um, the offensive line is going to be better than what we saw last year with the new coaching. Let's go to uh, Marcus Mosher, locked on Cowboys, and Marcus, get what what you love about your uh, about the team that you cover, the Dallas Cowboys, of course. Yeah, I'm excited for the Cowboys to go into the 21st century in terms of analytics. Uh, now with Mike McCarthy, I know McCarthy doesn't scream uh, as an analytic guru, but 
Uh, he spent the, the last year uh, learning about some numbers and data uh, and being more aggressive on fourth down. Uh, that's going to be a pretty drastic change from Jason Garrett, who has been widely viewed as one of the league's most conservative head coaches. Uh, I'm excited to see what this new look Cowboys offense is like uh, and to see what an aggressive uh, head coach looks like here in Dallas. And Louie, why don't we yeah. finish up with you on that? As for the Eagles, I mean, this is a team that obviously I'm very happy with the head coach, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz. I think when you have the head coach and quarterback position down pat for the future, you're that's how you sustain success. But what I really like, too, is the opportunity they have now. You know, you don't have the entire Super Bowl core left, but you have enough of it where when things got tough the past couple of years, that core could still carry you into the playoffs regardless of circumstance. And now you can find kind of find that balance with that and also some youth because you have likely seven draft picks in the first four rounds. And you had a lot of young guys last year help carry that team into the postseason like Miles Sanders and Greg Ward and on the defensive side of the football, guys like Josh Sweat on the edge and Avante Maddox and uh, you know even TJ Edwards, who they got undrafted last year. I just think there's a better balance now heading into 2020 where they're not going to be the second oldest roster in the league like they were last year behind the Patriots. And you have Carson Wentz that really took over and embraced that role of really carrying the offense and I feel like the team embraced him moving forward now there's not that whole Foles Wentz beef and I think you'll stop seeing the anonymous sources talking behind his back as well so <laughs> I just think it's it's good to have that it's not a necessarily a rebuild but that retooling because now there's going to be a much needed balance of youth and that experience that's gotten you on these deep runs the past few years so I think things are uh it's, it's a big off season, but I'm very optimistic yeah, and, and for me on the Redskins, you know, one thing that, that I love about them, and guys, we've talked about this really throughout the week, is that Redskins front seven, especially if you add Chase Young and you keep Ryan Kerrigan, and, you know, those are big questions right now. But that Redskins front seven has the opportunity to wreak a lot of havoc. Now, we, we, we've seen teams with a lot of hype and all that. I, don't, I, I think the Redskins have a lot of talent, especially, again, if you add Chase Young. I don't think they'll get so much hype that it'll be off the chains ridiculous, that they will, you know, they might underachieve based on expectations, but nobody will think that they're like the 2000 Ravens or anything like that, you know, but they have a chance to be a top 10 defense. They have a chance if they can stay healthy and put everything together and get home and not miss tackles and not get, you know, out of gaps and, 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 and not have terrible communication. Some of the things that the new coaching staff is worth, they have a chance to be a top 10-ish defense, and that will be a huge thing. They've got to get better on third down. They've got to get better at stopping the run, and they've got to get better at communication, all things that I know Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera are working on currently as we speak. So to me, I'm excited about that front seven uh, for the Redskins because I think it'll make up for some of their questions and their holes uh, in the secondary and as well, quite honestly, some of the up-and-down inconsistencies of their offense. Guys, why don't we uh, finish it uh, up, you know, this way? So, you know, because of course we're 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 running out of uh, out of time uh, here as we kind of wrap up this ultimate division crossover. Um, when I, I'm curious as to who you guys look at as maybe this isn't a fair question because the Giants and Redskins have kind of been down. Um, but, but Louie, I assume you look at the Cowboys as being the Eagles' top rival, and, and Marcus, you kind of look at the Eagles, but, but 
is is that fair considering that the Redskins and the Cowboys are kind of a more traditional rivalry? How do you guys all look at that? I do think the Eagles Cowboys one is the most famous, I think across the country, but I'll say personally, look, I, I hold a vendetta against the Washington Redskins growing up as much as I did <laughs> the, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I'm a younger Eagles guy. So I grew up during the Deshaun. I know I'm really aging myself here only at 22 years old, but when I was really getting into football, Deshaun Jackson was the thing on the Eagles offense. And when he went to Washington and just started destroying the likes of Bradley Fletcher and uh, who else was on that? Uh, Kerry Williams and Byron Maxwell for four years. Washington, you know, Kirk Cousins used to have their number in RG3. So I think the Eagles-Dallas rivalry is the most famous one. But I'll say personally, I think the, the Washington rivalry as well is equally as, as big. Marks, what do you think? It's so tough. Uh, I would just say they're, they're all about the same for the Cowboys. There's always a, a massive target on the Cowboys' back. So right. it's hard to say one of these teams is worse than the other or a bigger rival than the other. But uh, let's just say I hate all three of you guys equally. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, we love that's you. A, that's Thank a good you, one. Appreciate exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. No offense to you. You're just the part of those stinking cowboys. All right, Patricia. What do you think? You know, this is an interesting question for me. I I would say probably the Eagles because damn it, we cannot figure out how to beat the Eagles here True. in the Giants uh, corner <laughs> of the world. But. With that said, having um, I have a book coming out on Giants history later in the spring, and having done the research uh, for the book, one of the greatest rivalries of the Giants history is with Washington. They played some really, really tough games against each other, probably because you know they're they're one of the oldest or two of the oldest franchises in the NFL. So I would say modern day Eagles for sure, but I think overall you got to put Washington right up there. Yeah, see, I'm, I, you know, around here, it's Dallas week, right? Dallas week, but there is no Philadelphia week or Giants week. And I often say Redskins fans don't really, you know, have any feelings one way or the other towards the Giants. They don't like the owner because of the whole salary cap penalty uh, a couple of years ago, but that was Bruce Allen's fault. Uh, anyway, so I would just say this. To me, there is no such thing as taking one divisional team and hating them the most and having this ridiculous rival rivalry you know quite honestly there's six games right that you play inside the division and each one of them is equally as important as the other so to me i know this is a cop-out um you know i i think the redskins fans shouldn't like giants fans or cowboy fans or eagle fans and redskins players vice versa they shouldn't they should have respect for their opponents they shouldn't like those particular teams but not one over the other to me that Dallas week has always been ridiculous around here. So that's just my own feeling. Uh, these games are obviously always important. Guys, um, before we say goodbye, I, I want to go again around the horn and let you all uh, plug and promote where people and fans of different teams can, can catch all of your great work because we're wrapping up uh, a really cool week here on the Ultimate NFC East Division crossover. Why don't we start with Marcus and Locked on Cowboys? Yeah, of course. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. You can listen to the podcast at Locked On Cowboys. We post a link there every day. Uh, make sure you follow my co-host Landon McCool at McCoolBCB. We got a lot of cool shows coming up with the draft and free agency. So making sure you guys are checking in on on that. Louis. 
You can hit us up on Twitter at LockdownBirds, or I'm on Twitter at DBSLOE, and my co-host Gino Camilleri is Gino underscore LOE. And the podcast is on any platform and LockdownEagles.com. And my written content is on 973ESPN.com. And Patricia? And you can find me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. You can find my written work over on GiantsCountry.com, which is an SI.com sports channel. All right, and always, you guys force me into the last and final word here, right? The last spot. So I'm just going to keep clawing. One of these days, I'm going to be at the top of the mountain and looking down upon all of you. Uh, you can find me, Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins, uh, at Locked Redskins on Twitter, or my individual Twitter account, at WrestleMania621. You can check out written work uh, with some video at RedskinsReport.com, like Patricia, part of the SI.com. NFL Team Channel Network. Guys, this has been a blast all week long working with all of you guys uh, and really getting some good insight. And I hope our listeners uh, of all the teams enjoyed it. I, I think we're going to do this again you know, post-draft, post-free agency, when we really have nothing to talk about in June and July. Uh, but this has been uh, a really cool thing uh, that we've been able to do. So I want to thank each and every individual one of you guys. Yeah, thank you guys as well. That was, it was a great time. Absolutely. Had a, had a blast. Absolutely. All right. So we'll send you off, uh, Redskins, Giants, Cowboys, and Eagle fans, into the weekend by saying thanks for being with us, as always, each and every week, especially this week on the L- Ultimate NFC East crossover. For my colleagues and co-hosts, Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys, Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants, and Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles. I'm Chris Russell from Locked On Redskins. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us all week on the Locked On Podcast Network. Adios. Perfect. Excellent. All right. We got it done, guys. We got it done. All right. And and Louie, we got you free for that 11 o'clock update if you need to do that. Perfect. I'm right at the station, actually, so I don't even have to move. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So if you don't get get the link, guys, let me know. Um, I'm going to probably call it a night, and I'm going to get up early tomorrow to cut stuff up. So, uh, But you should get an email with the link to download the recording. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. All right, guys. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.